trustworthiness is just the only relevant qualitative data. And when we talk about trustworthiness, what we are talking about is why someone should trust our analysis, your analysis of qualitative data. When we looked at coding interview data, we realized that there were different ways to code it, that there was an interpretive element to it. So why should someone trust the way that you interpreted it? There are several ways, several techniques that we can use to establish trustworthiness. And you know, one way to do this is to look at the slides. Um, just as a reminder, there's some March 4th slides are there. I'll go over them briefly here. Several ways again to establish trustworthiness. One, prolonged engagement. Here you are establishing that you have spent time within the data. You have spent time thinking about reviewing the data. The simplest way we do this is we read through the data multiple times. We tell our reader, and we're reading our report, that we read through the data multiple times. Another way is what is called an audit trail. In an audit trail, what you're doing is describing every step of the data analysis. Step one, read through the data. Step two, I read through the data again. Step three, I had a peer read through the data. Step four, we defined our initial codes. Step five, we met to talk about them. So describing in detail the process you go through to establish, um, to establish your coding scheme. Number three, and probably the most common, well, prolonged engagement is common. Um, the second most common is called peer debriefing. Here's you check in with someone else who did not collect the data, and you see what they think of your coding scheme. So you collect the data, you read it, you code it, then you give someone else a transcript and your code and say that that makes sense to you. That's peer debriefing. Number four, member checks. Member checks should go back to the individuals you got the data from, so if you interview people, you go back to them after you've coded the data, after you've analyzed it, and you say, does my analysis of these interviews make sense to you? So checking with the original participants. Number five, reflexivity. Reflexivity is a process of being self-aware. We often do this through what we call reflexive journaling. So after you interview someone, you write down some initial thoughts. Um, you write down kind of where you were, like mindfully where. Were you tired? Were you anxious? Um, were you able to pay attention? Like what are things that may have influenced your interpretation of the results? Being self-aware. Number six, positionality. And this is in some ways related to reflexivity. But in positionality, you are disclosing your role and your potential predisposition. For example, when I do work with tennis populations, okay, I disclose my background in tennis and my role as a tennis volunteer. And the reader can decide how much that influences my analysis of the data. So, again, it's six ways that I believe you to establish trustworthiness, prolonged engagement, 
Milwaukee housing data, audit trail describing every step, peer debriefing, checking with someone else so you're not collecting data, member checking, checking with the participants, that you've interviewed, seeing if they agree with the analysis, reflexivity, being self-aware of, of your own position, being self-aware of your own feelings, your own reaction. And then number six, positionality, is disclosing your own role and potential predisposition to potential bias. Okay. Again, it's only applied to qualitative data. Quantitative data, so-called reliability and validity, slightly different thing, same idea, slightly different thing. Trustworthiness applies to qualitative data. So that's it for this one. <laughs>